Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? I am Jamie Shaw. I'm joined by my co host, Scott Spinelli. This is the breakdown. Scott, how's it going today? Awesome, Jamie. Again, you know, this is uh, this is getting more and more fun uh, working alongside of you. Again, a special thanks to, you know, Travis and Stephanie and Mike and, and the whole crew here at Dana Barrels Basketball Club for allowing us again to produce and direct our show here. But great to see you, Jamie. Absolutely. This is our fourth installment. If you would, make sure that you check it out. However you're watching, however you're consuming our content, whether it be video on YouTube, whether it be on the podcast, make sure you go back. And listen to everything that we have so far. Um, but before we jump into it today, I want to introduce ourselves to let you know who it is that is giving you this information. My name is Jamie Shaw. I am the national uh, recruiting analyst at Rivals.com. I also have one of the largest scouting services in the country, one of the most sought after NCAA compliance services in the country, ABC Scouting Report. That is me, my co-host Scott Spinelli. Tell them about yourself. Jamie, I've had an opportunity. I've been blessed to, to coach at every level of basketball, um, you know, from being a head prep school coach for two different programs for six years and uh, kind of working my way up through the, the low major division one ranks to the high major uh, ranks. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked about the professional background, had a chance to coach in the IBL the first year, as well as some scouting in the NBA. So, been blessed to be at every level, Jamie, and every stop along the way, work for some great, uh, you know, mentors, great coaches who I've learned so much from and uh, really blessed to be where I'm at today. For the fourth installment of the breakdown, we're going to be going through Florida State. Florida State's coming off a season where they finished 11 and four, second in the ACC. Leonard Hamilton is in his 20th season as the head coach at Florida State. 599 career wins, 399 of them at Florida State. He's led Florida State to nine. NCAA tournaments, including the previous five, including qualifying for the previous five tournaments. It all seems to start, though, with recruiting, Scott. Um, he knows what he is looking for. He knows what and how he knows how to get it done on the trail. Recruiting against Ham for so long. What have you seen from him on the on the recruiting trail? Big credit to him and his staff. I mean, they've really built this program um, you know, from the ground floor, you know, Jamie, I was at Maryland, you know, for three years prior to coming to Boston College. So, you know, I got a chance to watch Coach Hamilton and his staff, you know, really take Florida State's basketball program from a, a program that was good at times to being uh, a program now that's one of the top programs in all of college basketball. And he's done it through recruiting, right? Um, you know, the one thing that I will say you know, um, about Coach Hamilton and his staff, they do a great job of going on the road, working, putting their time in gyms, and they do an unbelievable job also evaluating talent. And again, we've talked about this in the last three episodes, system fits are so important um, in college basketball. You know, it's one thing to go out and say, well, look, I've recruited, you know, this five-star or this four-star or this you know, um, you know, great player from, you know, from overseas, but in each case, you know, the system fit of which coach Hamilton and his staff recruits, um, you know, they bring them in perfectly to their program 
and they develop them along the way. And that's why they've been so successful. It's, it starts with recruiting and uh, they've done an unbelievable job at doing that. Well, this Florida State team returns two of their top seven players. They've done such a great job as a staff of creating culture around the team. Um, it, it seems that their players are lock arm and connected with one another so well. How has the culture created around that program helped the success Florida State has sustained? It's incredible to watch, Jamie. Um, you know, it really is. You know, so often we hear, you know, many teams and whatever sport they may be in, you know, come together at the end of practice and say family or together. Florida State's basketball program, men's basketball, led by Coach Hamilton and his staff, is as together as any program that I've ever seen in basketball, period. And if you really kind of watch game to game and see these kids who are genuinely rooting for one another, you know, here's a great kind of example of that. So last year they had four guys. There's four guys currently in the NBA just from last year's team. Each one of those kids is sacrificing their individual statistics for the benefit of the team. And so what happens is they've all bought in, and this is a credit to Coach Hamilton and his staff, to what the culture has that the culture that's been created there. And it's all about giving max effort, every possession on both ends of the floor. When you watch their bench last year with COVID, you know, for the most part, there weren't a lot of fans in the stands. And you could honestly look over to Florida State's bench, game in and game out, and see the entire bench you know, standing, although they were, everybody had to be spaced out. They were all standing and supporting one another in their effort, whether the kid went in and threw, threw up an air ball, um, whether he went in, didn't have his best, um, you know, shift. I call it like a hockey shift. There's so many players coming in and out that uh, they support one another. And so the true definition of togetherness and family um, is Florida state men's basketball. And that's as evident as the way these guys support each other game in and game out, and they're not caught up on their individual statistics. They've bought in to what it takes to win, what it takes to be efficient. And we go back to that, you know, that little uh, comment we made about with going back to the Virginia, um, you know, episode. And that is, you know, sometimes everybody gets caught in, out in minutes per game, points per game, and really it's your efficiency in those minutes and it's points per shot. And Florida State is another great example of a team right now that is very, very efficient, and they are as together as any team in, in the country, Jamie. They really are. Of the players returning, Anthony Polite is the leading returning scorer, 10.1 points per game. He shot 43.6% from the uh, three-point line last year. What type of step will he need to make this year in order for Florida State to have the year the type of year they want? Well, he's a seasoned vet, right? So he's a fifth-year senior. Uh, he's experienced all of the winning, the ACC championship, uh, been in the NCAA tournament every year. Uh, he's that guy that's going to be their glue guy. And, you know, just because he's been there so long, and, you know, obviously Malik Osborne also has been there for five years, but those two guys in particular are going to be the most experienced guys that Florida State has. So the culture starts with them. And I mean, I've watched Anthony Poli for a long time, and he is a, a guy that just does a little bit of everything to help you win. If you need three-point shooting one night, he'll do that. If you need him just to defend 
uh, and get make guys better, he'll do that. One thing that never changes with him, it's about winning, and he defends every single possession. So, again, watching Anthony Poli, he's going to be a huge catalyst and a huge piece to this year's Florida State team just because he's been there with his great experience that he's had over the last several years. Going through this roster again, two other guys' experience that they have coming back. You mentioned Malik Osborne, the six foot nine redshirt senior who averaged five point nine points, four point five rebounds per game last season. But also Raquan Evans, the six foot four senior, five point one points, two rebounds per game last year. They're going to be coming back, and they're going to have needed experience for this team. What are you looking at from those two guys? You know, having scouted against them, played against them, and all that type of stuff in, the, in years past. What are you looking for from those two guys this upcoming season? You know, Jamie, those two returners that you mentioned, uh, both Osborne and uh, Evans, both bring a, a, a tremendous amount of experience. They're both fifth-year seniors. Uh, they've experienced a ton of winning, and they understand the Florida State culture. With that said, both guys kind of present a little bit of a different skill set. Malik Osborne was a kid that was another under-the-radar guy that they developed, and he became now he's become a guy that's on the NBA radar uh, as a kid that can score it from all three levels. He's really improved his game. He can shoot the three. He'll drip drive you. Uh, he'll go perimeter to post. And he'll also get on the glass. He's a guy that's versatile, as most of these other guys are. We've talked about that can defend multiple positions. Evans is a strong kid who really uses his body exceptionally well. He's a straight line driver, elite level finisher in transition. Um, he didn't shoot a lot from the three, but he is an efficient guy, potentially, I think, with his improvement. And I'm sure this year he'll be counted on a little bit more to make threes for him. But both him and Osborne are huge in terms of what they're going to be. They're going to need to bring for Florida State to be as good as they've been in the last several years. With that said, Wyatt Wilkes is also returning. Excellent three point shooter, catch and shoot guy. Um, he's a guy that is going to be a, a, a three-point threat for them um, at, you know, anywhere on the floor, uh, deep range. And he plays with a little bit of a swagger to him, too. Underrated defender, moves well. So, again, we talked about Poli and how important he is in terms of being the catalyst. Um, you know, he does a little bit of everything. But these other three guys, you know, Evans, Osborne, and Wilkes are all three battle-tested players will be needed this year more than they've ever been in terms of with all that roster change to impact Florida State on both ends of the floor. And almost every conversation you have about Florida State, defense defense is brought up. Uh, you, you can't say Leonard Hamilton without defense. They, they seem to fly around the floor, switch all over the floor. They finished third in the ACC play last year and created turnovers. Uh, they finished 11th nationally in block shots last season. Walk us through here. Take us through their identity and what Leonard Hamilton tries to do and what makes his defense so good year in and year out. Well, let's start with depth first. Um, anytime you have this kind of depth and you're playing nine, ten guys night in and night out, and each guy understands when they go in the game, much like a, a hockey team with those hockey shifts, they are going to give max effort on both ends of the floor. Nobody is taking a possession off. So with that mindset – each one of these guys that comes in or starts or comes off the bench is bringing that defensive mentality where they're really, you know, coming into the game to bring great energy and to assume that mindset. They're going to do whatever it takes during the time they're in the game to impact, you know, Florida State's outcome in terms of trying to win. 
So let me just kind of talk to you a little bit about why Florida State here is so good defensively. It first starts with relentless pressure on the basketball. And again, every great defense starts with pressure on the ball. Florida State is, and at home, you know, it's even amped up that much more. But they're just tremendous defenders on the ball. From that position, off the ball, they do, because of their, again, their system fits in terms of recruiting, a lot of their players are very long, very athletic. So when you're talking about one position or one pass away defensively, you're talking about long defenders who can get up in the passing lanes and deny one pass away up the line and at the same time still help on dribble penetration and recover you know, to their men because of their length and their athleticism. And then you combine that with if they do get into rotations, they almost they want to run you off the three point line. So they invite you to drive the ball. And when you do drive the ball and someone does get beat, they swarm to the basketball as good as any team in the country. And then when the ball is kicked out, they take it. They take that extra effort to make sure that if they're the guy in rotation, they're going to get out there and contest every shot. And, and that's what great defensive teams do. Great pressure on the ball, great team defense, swarming to the ball. And then at the end of it, two things happen. Contest every shot, high hand, and then go up and rebound the ball with two hands. They were the tops in the ACC in defensive rebounding. What I like to do is kind of show some examples of Florida State defensively right here uh, in these video clips. So as we move into the video section here, what I'd like to start off by talking about here is making sure that everybody sees what we talk about with great pressure on the ball. That's where it all starts. Here's Florida State against Notre Dame. Look at the effort on the ball by Calhoun. I mean, you talk about putting max effort into, you know, pressuring the basketball. That's what it looks like. Then Florida State has kind of a unique style here. They're not afraid to switch one through five. And some teams do that. But the difference between Florida State is most of the time their five men are seven foot or better. So that leads me or leads us to believe that these five men that they have, you know, take it upon themselves, take it on as a challenge, and they get down in a stance and they're in a position where they try to guard point guards if they have to. But as you can see the switch here, you know, Balsa, who's now, you know, in the NBA, you know, with Cormac Ryan as a point guard, combo guard, in a stance, in a position where he's going to try to guard them. You can see kind of Florida State's defenders here. One pass away, uh, the defender to Balsa's right, number 23, denying his man. And you see the you know defender on this side, you know, denying his man up the passing line there. And on penetration, look at how they swarm to the ball. We call that help the helper. So the weak side defender who is under the goal here in the charge circle steps up. And that opposite defender, you know, just cracks down, smashes down, and call, you know, we call that help the helper. But again, great pressure on the ball. You know, then they're in a position where they swarm to it. And these are the type of turnovers they cause, you know, night in and night out. So excellent possession there. And it started with pressure on the ball. This next possession is Scotty Bonds, a top five pick, six nine, picking up the ball in a defensive stance, 
and we, you know, we talk about this, you know, these minutes per, you know, per, per game, these guys are giving max effort every time they step on the floor because they know they're only out there for a certain amount of time. There is no mindset. I'm going to coast this possession. I'm going to take this possession off. They go at it full tilt when they're on the court. So this is Scotty Barnes guarding the ball. You know, here's another possession where you can see their length. And in this possession here, you're going to see, again, what we call help the helper. And Florida State, who led the ACC in block shots, you mentioned, Jamie, that they were 11th in the country. This is sort of like an NBA um, situation where sometimes when you drive the ball in pro basketball, you can't even see the rim. When Florida State's defenders come over, I mean, they're blocking that, you know, with a couple guys there. And then you can see they don't stop. They're going to keep going and they're going to keep guarding. So every possession to Florida State matters. It's a culture thing. It starts in practice and they've built this program now. Everybody that comes in understands, you know, they're going to play a certain amount of minutes per game. They're going to sacrifice to the benefit of the team. And that's the mindset each one of these guys has. And it's and defensively, it shows every possession. This next clip we're going to watch here is going to be in the NCAA tournament where they kind of fake face guard, make it a little bit hard here in terms of getting the ball in bounds. And again, you know, you watch him here. Uh, that's Raekwon, you know, gray on the ball. You'll see a little bit of a situation here where they're denying, you know, there's Poli on the ball, I believe. And that was another switch here. Balsa. So now, you know, UNC Greensboro initiates a switch. They think maybe we got our point guard on a 7-1-1-5 man. And, you know, again, look at the defensive positioning. Every great defensive possession finishes top foot, top hand, contest, high hand, contest. And then everybody here is boxing out and rebounding and they're ready to go. You know, that's hard to simulate when you can have one, two, three, four, five all five guys switching, you know, every time down the floor, handoffs, ball screens, and uh, and any screen for that matter, where they could sit down a five-man and guard a point guard. Impressive stuff. Impressive stuff. Here's a, another clip against uh, Carolina. Now, again, picking up full court. You know, they, they're really in the ball. There's Calhoun again. Um, another switch up top. And you can see how high on the floor Carolina is. I mean, this game is at Carolina. And they're initiating offense, you know, probably 10 feet behind the three-point line here. And so there's another switch. When they switch, oftentimes they switch to increase pressure. And that really is what separates them. Some teams, you know, we, we like to talk about switching is talk, touch, take. But you forget the last part of that. Talk on the switch, touch each other so there's no slippage, take that offensive per you know, that man coming off but the last part of this increased pressure and that's what florida state look at the pressure on the ball these guys are you know being denied near half court um again switching not afraid to switch one through five you know a little help look at them close out in a position where now his airplane techniques runs with the ball and now they create offense through their defense and that's a big part of what florida state does Here's another example of immense pressure on the ball. Now, what you have, what you see sometimes with Florida State, if they want to increase possessions, and the game might not be going to their tempo, they will run and jump. And in this example here, 
last man whose guy crosses half court. So in this case, it's Poli. Poli, as soon as his man vacates the backcourt into the front court, he just runs at the ball. Scotty Barnes does a great job at rotating up to take away that middle pass. Now they close the trap. Now this North Carolina defender has two really good size, excuse me, offensive guy for North Carolina, has two defenders from Florida State. You know, they've closed the trap. they got great length. He can't even see where he's passing this ball to. And now Scotty Bonds, who covers ground, you know, gets the steal. Another example of how Florida State defensively, you know, can create offense, you know, very, very quickly through their great defensive team defense. And that time, that time it was run and jump. In this case, it's out of bounds under defense. And, you know, this might be something that game to game, a, a lot of us go into preparing, but it's hard to simulate this because of Florida State's length with your scout team. And they are looking for steals, even in these possessions on out of bounds under de- defense position, possessions for them. They're looking to, to create steals and they get a lot of them, you know, um, and they create a, they create offense that way too. So again, as you watch Florida State, Jamie, you see what we've talked about here, you know, as it relates to their personnel, relates to their culture, you know, every guy out there is giving max effort every possession. And that's really impressive, Jamie, really impressive. As we mentioned, they returned three of their top nine players. That means that they have an influx of talent coming in this year. We'll start with the transfers. They have two of them coming in. They're expected pretty big things from them this year. You have six foot seven sophomore Cameron Fletcher who transferred in from Kentucky. We have six foot four Caleb Mills who transferred in at midseason last year from Houston. He was the AAC preseason player of the year last year um, prior to transferring and everything. What can we expect from those two players coming into this Florida State team? Well, both guys, Jamie, are proven, right? So they're both coming from very successful programs, uh, obviously in Kentucky and Houston. And with that, both of those guys are coming in to a situation where, you know, the culture of Florida State, they're going to fit right in. And by means of that is this, both of those guys are going to realize that, look, you know, we made a, we transferred, we decided to move on from our respective two, two excellent programs to come to Florida State. So with that, Understanding that they divide up time, they're not going to get the 30 minutes per game that they might have gotten at other places this year if they had gone. So they fully understood coming in, you know, what it was going to take for them, you know, to help Florida State win. So it's going to start with their talent level. Both of these two guys here, I mean, Fletcher's as talented as you get, and so is it Mills. Both guys are extremely talented. They're both versatile players. And so, you know, with that type of size that they both possess with their length and athleticism, they'll fit right into the Florida State defensive switching, the versatility that Coach Hamilton and his staff, you know, have have recruited in their system fits over the years. But what these two guys bring a little bit different than the freshmen is because they both came from such good programs, both, you know, well coached where they were prior to this it's going to be an easier transition for them coming in. And with all the losses that Florida state has had this past year, again, four guys in the NBA off last year's team, these two guys are going to be pivotal for them to bring experience to 
can translate their talent levels and efficiency and productivity for Florida State this year on both ends of the floor. But they're both very talented offensive guys who have the ability defensively, you know, to be terrors on the ball and off the ball with their athleticism and their length. So we talked about the offensive versatility these teams have. Last season, Florida State scored 80.5 points per game in conference play, first in the ACC. Last season, they shot 48.9% from the field in ACC play, first in the league. Their efficiency seems to come from being able to turn their defense into offense, their fluidity within the what they try to run, crashing the boards, doing all this type of stuff. Why don't you take us through what Florida State tries to do on the offensive end and kind of what their identity is on the offensive end of the floor? Right. And before we do that, Jamie, I just want to make sure that I reiterate what you just said. A team like Florida State that plays so hard defensively, by them creating turnovers and converting them to easy baskets, that's a huge advantage game to game. Easy baskets, right? So they're getting baskets that are either layups, dunks, or uncontested shots because of their defense. And we've shown just recently here in this clip clip tape here defensively how they do it. Offensively, they also have a very um, simplistic approach to what they're doing. They do have some NBA characteristics as it relates to exploiting matchups. But the one thing that's impressive about Florida State is this. With all this talent, with their mindset being, when I get out there, I know I'm out there, only out there for a short period of time. They do a great job of sharing the basketball with one another. And they're in a position at all times to either be aggressive, attacking the basket with the intent of either scoring but they're very willing passers. And, and if they do, in fact, miss, you know, at, and offensively, they do have an opportunity every time down the floor because of their athleticism and length to rebound the ball offensively and score. So what I'd like to do is show some, some of their offensive tendencies. Um, again, probably go through one of these, you know, four out one in ball screen actions that they run uh, and just kind of leave it at that. But, Again, a big part of their offense is created through their defense, and we just talked about that. But let me just, you know, kind of show you a little bit here, all right? So, Jamie, getting to their offense, you know, we've talked about, you know, how their defense creates offense for them, but let's just kind of show a little bit of what Florida State's offensively. They have very, very good spacing as they'll fill, you know, four spots out on the court. They'll go two, they'll stretch corners with two guys and be two guys kind of in the slot. And then what happens is their five-man, what we call a running ball screen. You know, um, he'll run out and set a ball screen, um, you know, from the rim. And in this case, he kind of twisted a little bit. And so you can see the exchange on the, on the weak side where the Florida State offensive players are kind of exchanging to cause a little bit of confusion. Notre Dame does a great job at communicating the switch. And then what happens is they come off this ball screen, and now – this is where Florida State can really hurt you. Very simple action, right? But they're rolling a seven-footer to the, to the front of the rim. And what happens is the Notre Dame defender does not engage him, does not tag him in a position where he kind of impedes his progress. Instead, he allows him to get position on the inside of him. And because of that, in his great size, you know, they just come right off and throw right over the top of you. 
So again, the action is simple, but their execution with their personnel is, is perfect. That's a simple offensive possession, but Florida State executes very, very well. And this next possession, you know, it's kind of a little bit out of transition. You're going to see kind of a random, we call this a random ball screen, uh, kind of a drag ball screen out of transition. And in this case here, you can see Florida State's got great spacing. They've got two guys stretch corner, again, NBA-type spacing, and then these two guards up top in the slots. And what happens here is you see the Florida State, the uh, offense of the five-man who sets the screens, rolls, you know, gets off the ball screen, rolls kind of fast to the, to the rim, looking for the ball. You know, there's no real tag where the tag is positioned meaning the help defender on the five man is too low on his tag. So now what happens is they probably could have thrown to the five man right over that defender. But what they do is they now throw back. And because the defender tags low and that Florida state offensive player, you know, rolls behind out of the corner, he kind of fills behind there. Now he's, it's too long of a run now for the tag defender to get there. And that's why it wilts with a catch and shoot three. And that's great execution by Florida state, a little bit sloppy defensively in terms of where the tag was. And it cost um, in this case, the Colorado team, uh, a three point shot in this next possession that you're going to see again, you know, similar spacing, you're going to see kind of guys, you know, this time here, it's almost like a little bit of a ball screen and they're trying to they're kind of trying to back screen the big guy here. So he's rolling to the basket and the screener is replacing behind. It's kind of like a roll and replace, but they didn't screen the big. And in this case here, they just throw back. And now if you watch it, he roll, runs right up into a ball screen. Great spacing again, NBA spacing coming off. And in this case here, if you look, he's probably got both guys open. He has the roll man to the rim, and he has the guard filling behind. And in this case, the closeout is kind of not really in a position where he's low and short to the ball. His weight is kind of evenly. It's kind of it's, it's kind of excuse me unevenly distributed, meaning he's he's moving, he's leaning forward instead of back. And the Florida State just kind of catches it, rips and drives for an easy basket. In all three of those cases, you can see, you know, kind of simple actions, but at the same time, great execution by Florida State, great spacing by Florida State. And because of their, you know, their, their personnel, they're able to do some things that maybe other teams can't do in terms of being able to make that pass off the ball screen with great size with their guards. At the same time, if a team breaks down defensively and doesn't tag high and engage that post, where he's got a short run now to the guard filling behind and you're sloppy in any of those and you break down Florida state, as you can see, will make you pay. So again, great execution by Florida state. Florida state brought in the number eight recruiting class in the country per rivals.com this past year It's a three man class out of high school, plus a Juco player uh, coming in with the big Jalen uh, Worley, six foot five point guard out of Westtown high school in Pennsylvania, number 37 overall player, John Butler, the seven-foot center out of South Carolina. We had him ranked number 79 at Rivals. Matthew Cleveland, the five-star, six-foot-seven small forward out of Pace Academy in Georgia. And then you have uh, Nahima Cloud, originally from Pennsylvania, went to Chipola last year, seven-foot-three center 
uh, as I said, out of Chipola Junior College. Um, these guys are going to have to play, Scott. I know that you've gone through the film, that you recruited them as well, and you've seen them all and everything. What type of players are they, and what can we expect out of them this season? Well, let's start with Cleveland, Jamie. I mean, Cleveland was a five-star. And, you know, he's a guy that's coming in with incredible athleticism, length, and versatility. He fills, he, again, system fit. He fills a void. Um, he fits perfectly into Coach Hamilton and his staff system as it relates to somebody who can defend multiple positions, who can really get up and down the court and wreak havoc when he's out there. He is skill set is evolving. It's a little bit better than people think it is. Um, again, you know, he's a straight line drive a quick first step, but with his, with their skill development, individual development program um, at Florida state with their coaching staff, he's just going to get better and better. And even from the time that he's gotten on campus right now, um, I'm sure he's already taken a huge jump. So he's going to be a huge contributing factor to this year's team. The kid Worley, you know, I've seen him play over at West town school. He is a combo guard, uh, really talented. He's, he can score it from all three levels. He shoots it mid range, elite level finisher. Uh, got a lot of savvy to him. Also, he can play either guard spot for them. He's got great size. Another guy that's going to come in and impact the program this year, for sure, you know, at either one of those two guard spots, especially with their big roster turnover from last year. And then you talk about Butler, you know, Butler's a kid that is very skilled. Again, he's a little thin right now with their strength program. I saw what they did to, Fiondu Cabangeli, a kid that we recruited years ago at Boston College, and what they did with his body. I'm sure when they get done with Butler, you know, you're, you're probably going to see a kid that's going to develop, you know, with their excellent strength and conditioning program that they have there. But he's a skilled guy, Jamie. He can step out and shoot it with his size. You know, he's, again, a little thin, but he can put it down. And uh, he's a guy that can score inside out with added strength. He's going to be another guy that's going to contribute uh, and then obviously the junior college kid, McLeod, you know, another big seven foot plus kid, um, you know, from Chipola um, fills the, the void again of, you know, of some of these bigs that Florida State's had and they've lost over the last couple of years. Um, and again, once they get him in a situation where they get him down in a sense and he's switching one through five ball screens, um, you know, another big seven footer who's going to continue to develop in their program. So all of those guys with the two transfers are going to be counted on, Jamie, with those top three returners that we talked about earlier. Um, but, you know, Florida State is well positioned this year in the ACC to make another deep run. Uh, and a lot of it has to do, I'm sure, with a lot of these newcomers specifically, and not only the transfers, but these young guys are going to have to, you know, adhere to that culture pretty fast. You brought up a great point. They're going to have to count on these guys this year. Um, in, a, in the ACC media day, uh, Leonard Hamilton stated a lot of teams get judged on what players one through five do. He judges his team on how players six through ten do. So you know that he's going to have a deep rotation. These guys are going to play. You mentioned earlier, I, I think it was nine guys last year played 14 minutes or more uh, per game. So they're going to get a deep rotation. They're going to figure it out. Um, but I want to close this thing out, Scott. You're not just a, an incredible basketball mind, an incredible X and O's guy. You're also a heck of a recruiter on the trail. Um, so I want to go through another recruiting story. Uh, this one that involves uh, FSU. You talked about him earlier, Fiondu Cabangale. You were involved in a recruiting battle uh, for a future pro, a future first-round draft pick with Florida State. 
kind of take us through that process of, of, of the recruitment, what you saw in him as a player, and then how it was going up against uh, Florida State on the on the trail. Well, Jamie, you look back at some of the as you as you get a little older, you look back at a lot of the players that you recruited over the years. And, you know, looking back even to my days at Texas A&M in Maryland, you know, a kid that we recruited, you know, George's Niang was one of my all time favorite guys. Uh, you know, Coach Turgeon used to, you know, joke around with me about him. But, um, you know, obviously we didn't get him. And then we had a, a pivotal uh, player, uh, Boston College, uh, Jordan Murphy, who went on uh, from San Antonio. We had him, you know, very close to committing. We didn't get him. He went to Minnesota, had a tremendous career there. Uh, Fiondu Cavangeli was a kid that uh, we started recruiting in the fall. We saw him out at Don Bosco Prep uh, in Indiana. And um, you could see at that time that he had a lot of abilities. He was not physically yet where he we thought or where he would be. And his skill was just developing. You could see that he had some skill, but he was developing. He went to school up in Canada. He's actually related to Dikembe Mutombo. He's cousins with him. Um, but we had him on an official visit at Boston College. And, um, you know, we it came down to us in Florida State. And, you know, Jamie, Florida State, with their program and their culture and their development and their facilities, and then obviously Coach Hamilton and his staff, you know, they're a tough team to beat in recruiting, just like every other team is in the ACC or in the country for that matter. But we went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them on them. You know, at times we felt like we were going to get them. Um, you know, went back and forth for a couple of weeks and, you know, sometimes you, you win some, you lose some, but um, I know that, you know, coach Gates was the point man for him. He's now the head coach over at Cleveland state um, and did a tremendous job recruiting the young man. But uh, he was a, he was a kid that we really wanted at Boston college. Unfortunately for us, we finished on the short end on that one. Um, but, you know, the recruiting game, as you know, Jamie, you're out there. Um, it's a game that, you know, sometimes you go head up and you spend a lot of time, energy and effort on getting kids and you just can't get too high or low. Sometimes you're going to win some of these and sometimes you're going to lose them. And that's the nature of the profession. But, uh, you know, credit to Florida State. They got them over us. Um, they did a great job recruiting the kid. And, you know, look what's happened to him. He went from being kind of an unknown to being a kid that they took in and they developed him physically, skill wise. And uh, he was, uh, to my knowledge, he was, uh, I know he was a first rounder. I, I don't recall if he was a lottery pick, but I know he was a first rounder. Uh, I think, I believe with the Clippers. And um, so again, they, uh, they did a great job on that side of it too. So uh, pretty, pretty good story. If you're a Florida state fan, unfortunately <laughs> for us, we didn't get them. And uh, uh, you know, um, but you know, hats off to Florida state on that one. Your eye for talent never ceases to amaze me. The guys that you push for and the guys you get in the game with maybe a little bit lesser known when you're going after them, but they always end up being progressing into, if not all league players, pros at the end of the day. That's always uh, super interesting. That's why I love this part of the end of the shows to listen to your recruiting trails, the ones you get, the ones you don't get. I mean, you just named uh, Kevin Gale, George Niang and that whole thing. I mean, these are guys that weren't huge, heavily recruited guys, but you made the finals four and they ended up, being pros. But uh, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in today. This is our fourth installment. Please make sure that you go back and listen. We've got Virginia, we've got Duke, we've got Notre Dame that we've previously recorded. Wherever you're consuming this content, please uh, be sure to go back and listen to that YouTube on uh, the podcast, the Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is. 
Also, while you're there, please make sure you rate us five stars. Please make sure you go ahead and subscribe and, and leave a comment below. What do you think about this year's FSU team? Uh, how do you think they're going to do returning three of the top uh, nine players? And, and how do you think Leonard Hamilton's team is going to be this year? Please leave it in the comments below. Let us know. Um, but until next time, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. For Scott Spinelli, I am Jamie Shaw. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.